Welcome back to the Tape Store, everyone. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And this week, once again, yet again, <laughs> we're going back to Bayside. And we're excited. I always look forward to these episodes. We try to do it every... Every, like, few, I guess. Yeah. There's every, not there's not a formula yeah, to it. Yeah, there's not a formula to it, but usually... We always know we can go back to Bayside. We always know we can go back to Bayside. <laughs> and... We are going back to Bayside this week. We're going to talk about the episode from Season 3. It's Episode 17. It was released on November 16th, 1991, and it is called SATs, which should clue everyone in on what it's about. A title that strikes fear and anxiety into the hearts of teenagers everywhere. Or, in my case, it was just kind of like, uh, I guess I should do this because <laughs> I guess I'm going to go to college. Right. You know, I, I was not someone that had everything mapped out. Before I knew it, I was a senior in high school. It's 1998. And my mom was like, Toby, you need to take the SATs if you signed up. And I was like, no. <laughs> I was kind of like And mom was like, too. well, Toby, uh, what about college? And I was like... Yeah, what about it? Uh, because I don't even know where the heck I'm going to go. <laughs> and it, it was it was so bad, y'all. I was just so unprepared. It's just a crazy time. I should have done better with that. <laughs> but everything was crazy during that time in my life. Not going to get too personal, but I mean, at any rate, I just was not prepared. I, <laughs> I don't even remember taking the SATs. What do you think? I remember, I, I, like, I was one of those that like, because like I have students that are like, oh, I've taken it once and I'm going to take it again. And I'm like, eh, I took it one time. I It was after we had already graduated, I'm pretty sure. Not mm-hmm. after we graduated, but like really close to the end. Me and my best friend signed up for the same day so we could ride right. together. And I remember we were on the way there. She's like, did you look over stuff? And I was like, no, did you? Yeah, and I she did was like, all. okay, cool. And I was like, good luck. Like, <laughs> I probably, I was not, I didn't get bit by the study bug until I got to college. When I started making all A's and realized I could make all A's, that's when I was like, ooh, I I like academics. I In high school, it was not on my radar. I did okay. I did fine. Yeah. I, but high like, school I, was, I was not like, oh, I'm going to, uh, you know, yeah. I just school, did what I had to do. I mean, I don't want to say, oh, I never tried. But I mean, there were things that I really applied myself in and things that I didn't. But right. e- even in the things that now I did flunk algebra one in ninth grade. Uh, uh Yeah. But you were no Jessica Spano. No, I was no Jessica Spano. Spano. <laughs> but uh, I did graduate uh, as an honor graduate, so I had like a three point one or something like that. So I was like a B student. <laughs> I had a three point eight. Good for you. No Look at deal. that. It's because I had and, AP courses, though. The AP courses bump you up like without trying. Right. Well, and I got to tell you, I didn't get bit by the study bug until I was in grad school, <laughs> which was like last year. So, guys, I was not a good college student. Now let me go back and just reiterate. When I'm talking about my time in high school, I'm not just being like, oh, I'm just going through some stuff. I mean, my family was really, on a personal level, I was going through some crazy upended stuff over those few years while I was in high school during that period of time. So I really was going through crazy stuff, and it was hard to kind of prepare for certain things. Um, right. My mom specifically had a lot on her because of stuff. But anyway, that's not, this isn't the arena for that. I'm just saying I really, <laughs> I really wasn't just like, well, even if you were, it's not like who no, cares. But, like, I, but, but I do think that it's your story. There was probably some of that, but I'm not going to sit there and psychoanalyze it. And I 100% know. cared only as much as I need to pass 
And I had a little bit of drive because a lot of my friends were the super smart ones. And they were like, oh, like I'm number three in my class. So I was like, okay, I should like try a little bit. And thankfully I had those friends. Yeah. I mean, but, I, was, um, I was pretty good on my own without trying to have yeah. to try too hard, which is great, I guess. Yeah. And I, th- I think that I was about like that. I just, I was more into even my electives, with, but even with honest. college, I just guys didn't I, have like a goal for it. I wasn't driven, you know, that didn't happen until later. And, I think for some students and for some people, just being driven comes later. That's not to say you shouldn't work hard, but all that to say, the SATs, whether you take them seriously or not, when you're a high school student, they were a big part of your life. Yes. I don't know how I feel about their their weight on your future as far as I, I, I'm sure some schools do look at them. Right. I know that I've met some tremendous students over the years that maybe didn't do as well in the SAT, but mm-hmm. they were like, I would have taken them any day over maybe yeah. another student that would score high. We're going to get into that later, though, right. when we get into this episode. Because it's, it's relevant. Because this episode is an incredibly fun episode of Bayside to watch. I mean, <laughs> it had me and Brooke laughing out loud. Yes. We were rewinding parts and watching them and laughing out loud again. But there is some there's commentary. The, yeah, and there's actually, I mean, it's it's really real uh, because I talk about this to my students or with my students all the time. This right. particular subject about SAT scores and what they really mean to who. Yes. And I'm. this isn't an SAT bashing party. No. At the same time. But I do believe in general it is never a good idea to place all of your chips on one test. Right. One day. One morning. Your whole future. Right. I just. That's fair. For someone to make a test seem like that's. That it's got that kind of dis- deciding power over your life and your future. I don't think that's a good idea. I think there's plenty of brilliant people that didn't do well in the SATs is what I'm saying, folks. Right. So, all right. Let's get started yes. on the actual episode. SATs. Okay, so it opens up with the usual stock, Saved by the Bell, guitar riff, <laughs> beginning of an episode. We all love it. Giving all, us fun 90s energy. We all can hear them in our head. Yep. But Zach walks in wearing a glorious 90s shirt, a purple tribal design. I Lord. mean, you got to love that. I mean, if you love the 90s, then you know the style, and Saved by the Bell was up to 11 with it. Yes. So, of course, with a test, Zach's rolling his eyes. I don't want to be here. Right. He walks in, and it's like the, is it the gymnasium that they're in? I don't know. I, I don't know where they are, because but um, they're, glad- they're all, like, they're at tables. It's clearly, like, some kind of, you know, obvious testing site. Well, I'm glad you bring that up. And, look, I understand that and even though Saved by the Bell <laughs> was a popular show, they didn't have this massive scope for their production. So if they wanted to be realistic, they probably would have had all these extras because I'm sure Bayside's a big school. <laughs> but there's like 25 kids. <laughs> there's like 25 seniors. It's like less than a full classroom. Yeah. <laughs> and in my school, because again, you're talking to two high school teachers here. Yeah, we just had, actually, we just had SAT testing. The principal, I do not believe, is present for the administration. No, the test. no. No. But of course, Mr. Belding, he's giving the speech. He's giving the speech, and he's in the room, and he's either incredibly hands-on or has nothing else to do. I don't know. Yeah, probably a little bit of both. We love Mr. Belding, though. Right. Make no mistake, we're team Belding. We love the bopper. <laughs> all right. So anyway, Zach is not having it, but he's got to be there. He's all, I'm going to the beach. He's chewing like three pieces of Bubblicious, <laughs> and he never chews gum. But for it's some true. reason, he in this really scene, doesn't. Zach is like, got he, like he's four. milking the I don't care card 
and whatever yeah. can visually and give I us guess, that idea. Yeah. Let's give him some gum. Yeah, like, man, who cares? I got this gum. I don't care. Of course, his mood changes when he notices Melody from Hey Dude. Or Marsha Brady from the new Brady Bunch. Or what else is she in? She's the girl from Dodgeball. Yes. It's actually Christine Taylor. Yes. She's been in quite a few things. She's a great actress. Uh, the wedding singer, she was in that. Did That's you mention? right. She wasn't. No, I didn't mention She that. was the friend. Right. She was, she's been good in everything I've seen her in. I remember her as a kid, though, Melody from Hey Dude. When I was watching Stay by the Bell, I was like, oh, it's Melody from Hey Dude. <laughs> so Mr. Belding is Mr. Belding. He's full-on Belding. Gives a pep talk. He loves the students. He really does. I mean, Dennis Haskins did a great job portraying a principal that... Yeah, he's like principal dad. Yeah, he's... And I really, really love him. You know, when you're growing up and you're a huge fan of Saved by the Bell, I think you have to have a soft spot for Mr. Belding. Yeah, you do. Because he's not like the overbearing, ugh, principal. He's like precious. (laughs) He really does care about these kids. He's the uncool dad. Like, in the the good way. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I can't wait to talk about the episode where his brother comes into town. Oh, gosh. Rod Belding. Let's stay. We're in the SATs. Okay, so... So Zach walks in. Of course. They're the, testing. And of course, the whole main cast is also taking their SAT at the same time. You got Screech in there. You got Slater. You got Jesse. You got Kelly. You got Lisa. And then like 15 other random Bayside extras that you see every episode. They did a great job getting the same yeah. extras for every episode over the years. I mean, I guess. Like they're coming maybe in they my were, head Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they just were like contracted. I don't know. Right. So once the test begins... Each main cast member has like an inner monologue yes. that kind of suits their personality. Jessie is just breezing through it. She's like as confident as ever. Yeah, she's and, like, I've been waiting for this my whole life. And, I'm gonna, I'm nailing it. And blah, she blah. gives this one key statement during her inner monologue. Stansberry University, here I come. Kelly is moving slowly through a test. She's glaring at Jessie with envious eyes. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're already on page three. I'm on like question three. Like, oh, or I hate her. Yeah. Lisa is focused, but she's also not taking it uber seriously. Yeah. To where yeah. she's not ha- she's kind of being her snarky, witty self. Yeah, like she like she's offering sarcasm to the test. Yeah, she's yeah. It's great. So we move on to Slater. Hashtag overacting. Yeah. Slater talks about how he stress ate before the test. He had like a box of ding dong. But what's great is that throughout his internal monologue, he's like physically acting out everything that he's saying. And I'm like, Slater. Like easy. Uh Screech. <laughs> is overly prepared, being goofy and silly. He pulls out a goldfish His and kisses it. His lucky goldfish. Yeah. And Zach is focused on that great-looking chick over there. He's like, <laughs> you're right. This is this is deciding my future. Yeah. I'm like, Zach, shut up. All the while, he's chewing his massive piece of like, bubble his, gum. His like, big league. Yeah. Like... <laughs> he just, like, he's chewing this massive piece of bubble gum. Anyways. With his sly fox look. Yeah. Anyway, they take the test. Uh, there's an immediate time jump. Next scene. Several weeks later. Several. <laughs> which is, which is, like specific and vague and just right. at the same time. Just know it's been several weeks. Right. And all the gang is convened together at the max. They're going to open their scores together. Very ceremonious, you know. And they're and they're being, you know, they're they're friends. It's the camaraderie. Yeah. They're a family. They're going to do it together. It's real sweet. That's about to all end when they open their scores. Right. But before that happens. <laughs> Enter James. He's a waiter at the Max, but he's so much more than that. Oh, yes. He's played by actor Mark Blankfield. And if you've... Yeah, you will know him best from... Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yes. Yes. He plays Blinken. Right. That's right. Who was one of the merry men. He was blind. And he had a few funny scenes. But 
in and my they were opinion. all and they were all like really like crazy and dramatic like like dramatic comedy like he was just he's just really physically funny now he's been in some other stuff and I just want to give a little bit of his resume he is perhaps best known as a regular cast member of the television variety series Fridays other w- roles include Jekyll and Hyde together again the incredible shrinking woman Robin Hood men in tights Dracula dead and loving it the jerk two I guess that's maybe yeah that yeah. is the jerk two. At any rate, the guy's got quite a resume. He obviously hung with the Steve Martin, yeah, Mel Brooks group, which means he's funny as heck. Yeah, because I mean, Mel Brooks, like you don't, you no. don't, you don't star in he's his legendary. films if you're not funny. He's legendary. So Mark Blankfield and Mark Blankfield is hilarious. Yeah, and you can only watch this episode <laughs> of Say by the Bell to find out that the guy is just hilarious. Yeah, very much like what they did with the house party episode with. Yeah. Uh, Ruth Buzz, yeah, with Ruth Buzzy. They have these really brilliant guest stars come in every now and then. Yeah. That just really shine. So James is a struggling actor, played by Mark Blankfield. He works at the Max from time to time when he's not totally flubbing his acting career. Right. <laughs> Based on what he shares with the kids, he seems to be talented, but he can't quite get his break due to some kind of stunt he pulls, whether it's he says something goofy during a audition. Like his issue that he was currently dealing with is like the cast he was in was they were performing in cats, but they're dressed as dogs. Yeah, like well, I don't know. So, like, what theaters are you auditioning know. with, sir? But James is obviously. This is a moment to introduce James because he's going to be not only important but just crucial. He essentially becomes this episode, right? And this so, episode. it's important to know that he's an actor and he can play yes. whatever role you know you set before him. It is clear that everyone is stressed about their grades, except Zach, of course. Right, Zach's not right, worried the big about league it. Gum, like yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, he's just like, hey, yeah, and he even says like, guys, let's make this quick. I got some girls to meet. For some reason, like, I, I still got <laughs> girls to meet. He says, I still have girls to meet. Like, girls don't come into town to take the SAT, dude. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't like. Know. I didn't think that he's, was. A, it's the same pool he's been swimming in the whole time. So right. I don't, I don't really know what he's. I don't talking know. about because Say by the Bell has like seventy kids <laughs> that go to it. <laughs> They've all it, seen Bayside his High. I called it Say by the Bell. I get Say by the Bell and Bayside. Anyway, you guys know what I mean. They start to open their scores. Zach orders some food, and they start to open their scores. Screech goes first. He makes a 1220, and he's happy. 1220 is a good score. Yes. Now, guys, granted, this is back when it was... Now, I don't know what the threshold is now, but it was a 1600. Yes, that... Back when we took it, and this is when, when the gang at Bayside took it. Now, after Screech goes first... Kelly, Lisa, and Slater all open there simultaneously. Kelly gets an 1100. She's happy. That's a good score. Yeah. Lisa gets an 1140. And she's happy. Slater, ten fifty. That's how he says it. Yeah, <laughs> he seems disappointed, but ten fifty is a good score. Yeah, it well, it's because his friends has just scored higher. And once again, you can come at Say by the Bell with all kinds of angles as far as commentary, but I'm like, are you really going to do the athlete of the group makes the least? You know, yeah, that was a little bit of a stereotype. I, I just can't believe how they were really Say by the Bell was really, really liberal with that. Well, it with when it came. I feel to, like so many '90s. I don't mean liberals. Were, in, I don't mean liberals in viewpoint. They were liberals in like how much they. No, they thrived on stereotypes and negative. Yeah. We're really negative stereotypes, honestly. And we're not done with that. We're going to get into that later. Yeah, it definitely comes back. Zach doesn't care. In fact, he has Screech open his envelope. Right. And to everyone's shock, Zach scores incredibly high, a fifteen hundred and two. And according to Screech, smarter than Doogie Howser. <laughs> everyone's blown away. And Kelly says, the SAT measures how smart you are, not how hard you work. And the fact that... Now, now let's stop for a second. Yeah. For just a second. 
The fact that Zach has a high level of intellect that should that should not be a farce. He is smart. No, he's smart because the entire show is based on him <sighs> swindling the powers that be or his friends or whoever he feels like it. Uh, he he can outthink a lot of the people. Zach, so he is intelligent, just maybe not book smart. He just uses it for his own schemes and devices. Again, right. it is a scla- I, I, I do believe that the SAT is. At times, incredibly accurate as far as aptitude. I'm, I say at times. I'm not going to sit there and say, if you made a low score on the SAT, you have a low aptitude. No. But no. the point is, I just don't think it's a farce to say that Zach is intelligent, and everyone else was like, wow, whoa. You yeah. Know, the, the, the gang seemed shocked. But again, intelligence comes in many different forms. Exactly. Now, this leaves Jesse. With Zach scoring so high, everyone figures she killed it. Even Slater says, hey, you aced it, 1,600. Nope. Yeah. Jesse scores a 1,205. She's devastated. In fact, she's not even second to Zach. She's third in the gang under Screech. <laughs> so she's devastated. Life as I know it is over. And that leads me to one of the first, I think, commentaries on what these tests can do to kids who mm-hmm. really are uh, driven and, and, and they put so much pressure on themselves. Right. On one test. Mm-hmm. One test. Right. Well, moving on. The next day, Zach is at his locker and he's approached by the chick. From the SATs. Melody from Hey Dude. Her name's Heather. We'll call In her Heather show. from of now on. Of course her name's Heather. Like, yes. of course. Heather Brooks. She's obviously very serious about school. Now, here's the thing. As someone who's watched this many, many times and just recently has watched it right. several times, there are little things you can pick up about Heather that, sh- that, that shows she's a serious student. She's really trying on the, on the SAT scene, uh, the test-taking scene, she's really trying when... Mr. Belding gives yep. a he gives a, a announcement about college fair and what do you see? She as soon as he says what is it that he says he's like uh this is where the college representatives are coming yeah, to college. Yeah, she starts she has a pencil whips it out and starts writing the notes out like okay, I don't want to miss this. So Zach is totally He's barking reading, out the wrong tree. Yeah, he is reading her wrong. The thing about it is though, Heather is reading him wrong. Yes. I don't know if Heather is just not smart or just so innocent. Probably so innocent. But that's Zach, my, that's my guess. But Zach is reading her wrong too. Zach can't see it because he's after her for other reasons, obviously. Right. Uh, Jesse's frustrations causing her to be the absolute worst version of herself. Meanwhile, oh yeah. Uh, Lisa and Kelly are so sweet enough to try to say, Jesse, it's going to be okay. Yeah, because they're they're trying to tell her like basically they're they're telling her what our argument for is also, which is, hey, the SATs is just a test. It's you know colleges look at other things like your uh, extracurricular activities, your scholastic you know excellence in school itself. You know, like, and, right. and and like and everybody's pales in comparison, you know, to you yeah. or there. And then her response yeah. to that is well, she's encouraged. super rude. Yeah, though. what does she say? Well, why should I feel bad? I did better than you two. And then they're like, they just kind of give this blank like, stare, like, "Wow!" And she goes, "Well, I mean," and then she cites the fact that they're cheerleaders. She, she goes, goes well, you, "Well, you did pretty. I mean, you did great for cheerleaders." And then that makes it. And then and she goes, it's "Like she's just backpedaling." So, guys, listen. This episode, obviously, the journey is about Jesse. Like, it's right. kind of Jesse's journey. Yeah. Zach is kind of really more of a foil to Jesse in some ways because of his such of his, yes. his high score makes it more of an issue, but. Jesse's the focus of this episode, but we find that there's a lot of things that are very unpleasant about Jesse. Mm-hmm. She's very condescending. She thinks she's smarter than everyone. And even though I think you can feel for her to a degree, she's treating her friends like crap. Oh, yeah. And the fact is, guys, let's not forget, in the previous seasons, Jesse was a cheerleader. Right. 
So I don't. That's kind of a hole in the plot. She buys into the cheerleaders are dumb um, (coughs) stereotype, which is completely untrue because a lot actually a lot of the cheerleaders I went to school with Mm. were the smarter kids. Like my friends that were cheerleaders in high school were actually top of our class. So that doesn't work. But you know, obviously, like we said, Mm. Saved by the Bell is really into these pseudo negative. Uh, stereotypes and Jesse buys into it hook, line, and sinker. But but one of the things about Say by the Bell that's kind of baked into the cake is that these protagonists, Jesse, Slater, Zach, Kelly, Screech, I would say with the exception of Screech. Yes. So let's remove Screech and just look at Kelly, Lisa, Jesse, Zach, and Slater. They're all at different times really not great folks. Yeah, they can be real jerky. Yeah. And real selfish, which I guess, I mean, teenagers. They're mean to you each know, other. When we're teenagers, they're, we're we're not. Yeah. They rag on Screech constantly, but yes, yeah. they're mean to each other at times. And we're going to see that in this episode. We still love the show. We have good fun with it. But I mean, again, being adults and having some life under your belt after watching them as a kid, you realize like, hmm, right. they weren't so great all the time. Well, and I think, and it speaks to what we were watching when we were either preteen or teen. We were, It made sense to us because we were that way, you know, at the time. We, were, we could be petty and jerky to our friends. And obviously watching it as an adult, you're like, ah, oh, the yeah. days of yore. Like, right. you guys. So okay. it, it speaks to the time. Yeah. So moving forward, we now see the college fair. This is where the, the college reps are there. The big school is Stansberry. Yes. Jesse's in line, of course. So is Heather. Mm-hmm. You know, Melody from Hey Dude. <laughs> and now Zach is in line. She's like, oh, Zach, are you into Stansberry? Oh, well, I am now. Lord. And he even scores a study date. She's like, hey, can we do a study date sometimes? He's like, yeah, well, how about tomorrow night? So things seem to be going great for Zach with Heather. While this is happening, enter the well-meaning Mr. Belding who stops everyone and gives what I think is one of the best lines of the whole show uh, in this episode. There he is, Mr. S-A-T. He could not be more thrilled that Zach is doing well. Finally. Finally. He's And he sees it as like, finally, all my pushing. and We all love a supportive dad. Yeah. It's, it's finally paid off. He, he has now seen that Zach, in his mind... Zach is finally, he's starting to see the fruit yeah. of his labor with Zach. Which is the most inaccurate assessment. But he didn't know that yet. In fact, he takes Zach to the front of the line of Stansberry, in front of Jesse. And this, this is just how, this is kind of our error on Mr. Belding's part. He kind of buys into the sensationalism of a high SAT score. Yes. Because he gets in front of Jesse, who is leagues of a better student than Zach. Leagues. Yeah. Zach has been like the bane of Mr. Belding's existence for the most part. Right. <clears throat> Zach is a problem student. And he pr- he introduces Zach to Mrs. Billingham, who's kind of like the, I guess you could say, the the villain of this episode. Yeah. In a way. If, if there's a villain. It's Miss Billingham. It, yeah. She's not mean, but she seems to be. She's uppity. And... She's a product of this culture, this Ivy League. Oh, yeah. College culture. So Mrs. Billingham meets Zach. And is immediately taken by the 1,502 SAT score. Yeah. She's immediately like, well, you seem like Stansberry like material. Stansberry material. But Jesse's 1,205 immediately turns her off. In fact, she totally dismisses Jesse and tells her to go speak to other schools. She's like, yeah, there's lots of other good schools that would be perfectly happy with that kind of score. Which like, is Like, it's terrible. the worst. Yeah. Now. Cue sad Saved by the Bell music. Right. Back at the max, things get much worse. 
when Mrs. Billingham arrives to offer Slater, who scored much lower than Jesse, yes. a scholarship in a car because of why, Brooke? Football. His athletic ability. Here we see a commentary about the politics yes. of schools. Slater even says it because when she when Slater talks to Mrs. Billingham and comes back to the group, Jesse's like, "What what'd you want to talk about?" Well, she wanted to offer me a scholarship, and of course, Jesse is beside herself. Right. And she goes, "But your SAT score was a 1050." And he goes, "Well, if if you can throw a football 60 yards, it doesn't matter." And she's just like, "Oh my god, oh my god, I can't." And that's kind of true, guys, even in high school. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to so go many into of specific our, stories. Yeah, but. most of our students that that landed college uh, scholarships first were ball players. Yes, before anybody else, because you know we we do. I mean, we do teach at a school that has it's incredible very, athletes. Yeah, truly, and, and I'm all for students with incredible athletic abilities and how that can be a good future for them. Oh, absolutely. Not at the expense of things that I think are, that stand the, the test of time, which are responsibility. Right. And all those things. But it's just, it's just a fact though, that if you have athletic abilities, you, you're, you're likely, if in, and you're really good, your likelihood of getting a scholarship is pretty high. Yeah. And, and this is over academics again. have nothing to do with it. And Slater's not a bad guy. We're not ragging on Slater. We're mm-hmm. ragging on, I think the politics of how athletics can trump scores scholastic well scholastic things like you know learning and you know people who are now they're gonna want you to because i know i've I've worked with some of my students that were like hey miss manolis i've got to have this kind of an average to get in so like they that's not to say i don't want to i don't want to make a blanket statement and say oh it doesn't matter because it does they do i mean just because you have an academic i mean an athletic scholarship you still have to mind your p's and q's academically however if you had like 10 for example a 1050 sat score versus a 1502, you right. know, that wouldn't stand in the way. I think that, and, and I don't think we were giving any blanks. No, I just don't want to we make, I don't want to make it sound bad. I mean, I, I was giving a commentary on, on the politics of it. Absolutely. I've met some incredible student athletes at my high school that me and Brooke work at. Mm-hmm. Like, they're studious. Oh, and yeah. they're dedicated on the field and off the field. I just think that in some cases you do find where those politics kind of allow loopholes. Oh, and, yeah. And situations that other students who couldn't throw a football 60 yards. True wouldn't have that. And I True. think that I do think that that's a commentary that this uh, episode is presenting a little bit. Definitely. So, yeah, no, no naysayers as far as athletic ability here. I just think that if it's that It's a thing. Yeah, it, it's a thing. Back at school, Mr. Belding calls Zach into his office and challenges him with a tougher schedule because in <laughs> Mr. Belding's mind, we haven't been challenging you enough, Zach. So Zach has a so real he changes problem. Changes his schedule. So there's two problems now, guys. There's two problems. Jessie and Stansberry and her SAT score and how she's just crumbling into a, a oblivion of depression. Yeah. And Zach, who now, because of his high SAT score, is given a tremendous amount of work to do, <laughs> new expectations, a difficult class schedule. So these are the two issues. Right. Zach and his, as he said, the SATs are ruining my life. And Jessie, who did not do as well as she wanted and feels like her future is compromised. Really, they're both the same problem. The SATs have ruined my life, but for different reasons. (laughs) For different reasons. There you go. Let's talk about Zach's study date. (laughs) Zach is the worst. Right. Zach Morris is trash. Zach is the worst in this moment, definitely. (laughs) One of the first things we noticed was the beanbag. Golly, man. You need to watch. If you haven't seen this episode, you need to go and procure... A copy of Somehow. this episode. And just watch him with the beanbag. It, that's, it's it's just, I don't know why it's terrible, but it's terrible. Well, he does the beanbag and he like nestles he in it. He shimmies into he like, it. And he fluffs it. 
Well, one, it's that it's the way he shimmies into it because mm-hmm. it's just it's ugh. And then what he's wearing on top of it. I wrote that it's 1991 in sweater form. It is. It's just such a spectacle. It's both wonderful and horrible. He turns the lights down, and then he takes some breath spray. Banaka. And even reacts to it like, woo. I know. It was a a good one. Yeah. Opens the door. There's Heather. He comes in. She's ready to study. Again, Zach is totally misreading her. Yes. She's ready to actually study. She's there to actually better herself as a student. Yes, she thinks he's going to. He has something to offer her scholastically. Alas. Zach says, no, let me massage your back. Ugh. Sorry, that's just awful. And she's like, well, does that? And he goes, 1,500. I'm like, Zach, you're terrible. He really is trash. All right. He is a human garbage fire. Before it gets any further, Kelly interrupts, worried about Jesse. Zach, being Zach, slams the door in her face. He's, He's having a moment. It's not that Zach doesn't care about his friends, guys, but... Zach has to get past Zach. No, but Zach cares way more about himself. Yeah. And he, yeah, he he has to either satiate himself or be defeated yeah. in order for him to revert back to caring about his friends. And that's every episode. And in this case, Zach is defeated yeah. by Heather's boyfriend, Bob, who's dressed in all denim. <laughs> that's right. So after, after <laughs> Bob, I don't know who thought, let's, let's call him Bob. Why not right. Rick or something? They gave zero. They're like, look, guy name, uh, go, Bob. 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 Next. Like- <laughs> anyway, so Zach has just gotten rid of Kelly. And then right as he goes back to Heather, doorbell rings again. Zach opens the door. And the guy comes in. <laughs> this dude sidesteps Zach. Hi, Heather. Yeah. <coughs> Bob, a.k.a. Levi Strauss Jr. Yeah, it's Heather's boyfriend. And he seems like a nice guy. He seems totally sweet yeah. and obviously stupid because he doesn't understand the what weird like guy has romance to do. trap that Zach has set. It seems so obvious. Aside from the I the know. lights are dimmed. Like now I go he's back. He's got to, music playing, right. and and sweet <clears throat> Bob just walks in like, oh, this is not a big deal. Nothing untoward is happening no, here. I'm here for the study date too. I want to learn some stuff from this Sheesh. 1500 guy. God. And then you know so Zach. Again, looks at the camera, breaks the fourth wall, and tells us, man, the SATs are ruining my life, y'all. Golly. So anyway. So as Brooks said earlier, one of the things that kind of gets Zach back on the right track, let's say, (laughs) is he has to be defeated. And he has been defeated. Yes. By Bob. In fact, he walks (laughs) in, they say, Zach, how the study it Study it go, and he goes, not good, but Bob thinks I'm brilliant. And I immediately think, he probably did, he probably was like, wow, man, you're such a smart guy. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'd love to see Zach actually run a study date. He would have had to know. have like, oh, well. Part of me thinks like, dude, you probably have never even gotten past the initial like, hey, <sighs> come to my house. I know. Whatever. Anyways, so, well, we're at the max. Zach is foiled after, uh, you know, for go- from going yes. after another girl. His focus goes on to help his friends because Jesse is on a downward spiral. She's gotten detention. She's trying to quit everything. Right. Right? And James walks in after another failed audition, and <laughs> here we have now. We have the the intersection, the destiny. Yes. This is, what's, <laughs> this is the spark that's going to make this show happen. <laughs> Zach has an idea. So Zach decides he's going to enlist James's help to get Jesse what she wants to help her because they care. Right. Even Zach does. They want to get her into Stansbury, which is, I'm sure, I'm sure they've been friends for so long. They probably all know like, oh man, Stansbury's, that's what she wants. And to teach the Stansbury rep a lesson. 
So yes. the next day at school, Jesse attempts to quit all of her extracurricular activities. Mr. Belding now, who has, I guess, had some time to kind of get over Zach's 1500, is now kind of like, well, why? I'm like, you brushed Zach right in front of her. Right. For the stands very, in front like, of the stands very Like, don't act like you aren't part yeah. of this. <laughs> but again, you know, Mr. Belding missed it too. Um, this is a real commentary on how much uh, pressure the SAT can put on even hardworking students who yes. don't do well on it. And that is true because... Uh, we have uh, another thing is the, the governor's honors program. Yeah, we had we had a student that we loved dearly not get into it, and she felt like she was the worst. She and she's brilliant. was devastated, and we love her dearly. And you know, we, we had to really had to speak some life into yeah. her, and her friends did as well. And thankfully, she knows that she's she is great. lovely and wonderful and smart. But that's if she's what listening, it meant, that's, she knows who she is. I hope she knows. Yes, that. and she does often listen. And she's one of our school daughters. So yes, there you go. All right. <laughs> So this is uh, a real commentary on that, I think, with the SATs in general. But there are other things, too, as we said. Right. Jesse has it out with Belding. And we see in the background James coming in with Zach. And he <laughs> is dressed like he's in a sailing club. So Yeah. I mean, just, you know, Ivy League, like, you know, Northeast. Navy, Navy like, blazer, khakis with the gold buttons. And a pipe. And he's totally in character because he doesn't even realize that. He's about to walk right in front of Jesse. Zach has to pull him back by the hair. <laughs> I know. There's no way to, to be able to describe his face and just how self-important he has made himself look. He is in character, and that's the problem. This is James's flaw. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. When he's in character, what happens? He loses. He, he, he is there for a goal, for a purpose, for a reason, and he becomes lost in the craft of this character. Yeah, he loses all sense of control of the character. Even even so much as like Zach later, you know, trying to be like, stop, chill out. And no, he's like, he's, no, listen, I'm I sailing am, this home. I'm I am this person now. Right. And this is where we see Mark Blankfield as they've at, created at, a monster at his brilliance. It's the best part of the show. Yes. And the we Har quote it we've been quoting it for we, years. We don't know his name. We just know he's the Harvard rep. Yes, right. Uh, especially up against the cast of Say by the Bell, which they're all really good actors, these kids. The I time. mean, they're campy, but they like are, but they're I, good for for the sh what but, the show is. But you really see how brilliant Mark Blankfield is when he's. They're a good ensemble for sure. Yeah. yeah. No, but yeah, when you see him up next, <laughs> you see that he's obviously so much more seasoned and crafted. Yes, you're like, uh, oh, okay. You really have to watch him to see how great he is, you know. And and you really can't not watch him during this time. James strides in with an unlit pipe. He goes to the <laughs> table next to the Stansberry table. Miss Billingham's there. She sees him and is immediately like, who is this guy? Because the yeah. way he walks in. <laughs> With such pomp and circumstance. It's lovely. He sees, of course the table's already taken because he's faking being a Harvard rep. Right. So the table next to Stansbury is Michigan. He swipes the Michigan placard like Just, off the table. Yeah, it flies away. across the room. Hits the wall. And then he puts Harvard down. And she goes, oh, Harvard, I didn't know you were here. And he's and, like, well, well we, we weren't. weren't. <laughs> until now. He's rude. He's condescending, and and he has just a, like her. Yes, and he has a specific way. Except he's up to eleven, right? And he has a specific way of saying Harvard, which is <laughs> Harvard. Yes, and there he said, "Well, we're only here for one candidate, and that is Jessica Spano." Jessica Spano. So, this is all a plan, guys. Kelly arrives as a plant. She goes right up to James as the Harvard rep. Yes. And says, I have some questions about Harvard. And he goes, oh, are you in fact Jessica Spano? He, he shouts it. Because this is also Miss Billingham can hear it. Yeah. And she's like, no. And he's like, well, shoo, get away. Then Zach arrives as a second plant. Who Stansberry's already spoken to. So they're like, oh, yeah, well, okay, He has great. an SAT score of 1,502. Right. 
leading James to give a veiled commentary. Ha! A single test, one lucky morning. And guys, I think that's important. Yeah. Because he I said think that like he's basically that's no basis for Right. That's, what what you really are, how smart you really are. I'm not taking away from people that do well in the SAT, but what I'm saying is for some people, they could have a bad morning or maybe a really great morning. And there's some of those kids that are that way. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. kids that have not such a great morning. Well, and also ba- people who have <coughs> test anxiety, they're going to get that. They they could have studied for weeks on end and they'll get there and their anxiety will get the best of them. And they yep. will. It's it's, it's like the it's like the theory of when you're driving a car and there's a bike rider next to you. you you're so afraid of hitting the bike rider that you hit the bike rider. That. That's is, essentially yeah. what they do. And I I mean, I don't I don't know what kind of test taker I am, but I didn't do well in the SATs. But in college, I was the president of the English Honor Society, right. which is super nerdy and I loved it. And, and I had all, you know, all A's like I'm I was clearly a you know, I, I was a smart student, but I didn't do well in the SATs. I, I so I mean not. it's not it yeah. you know, it's not a uh, it's not an end all be all. My SATs were lackluster as well. But And you're super smart. I I did say. I did make it through college by the skin of my teeth, but I managed to have a career in education and went back to grad school and put my heart and soul into it, made a 4.0. I really worked hard. So, yeah, it, it, it's it really isn't all based on one test. You so can't even, base it all. Yeah, and even though his, his monologue is extremely dramatic, there's a lot of truth in it. Yes, but he's there for Jessica Spano, <laughs> the find of the century. Now, the stage is set. Right. Jesse is outside. Slater is keeping Jesse from going back into the college right. fair. And Billing and Billingham is, is she's she's visibly reacting yeah, to all to, of to, this to the to James's performance and realize uh, Jesse is now in now it's she's like oh crap Harvard wants her. It's not about Jesse though. No. It's about Stansberry versus Harvard. It's about conquest. Right. Yeah. So the stage is set. Jesse and Slater are outside. Slater's job is to get Jesse into the college fair. But not, but not yet, though. But not before James is gone. But James is lost in his role. He yes. starts to berate Zach, young man. You are not fit to shine Jessica Spano's shoes, and he just starts like to. the veins in his neck are no, like his popping face out. is like he's beat red. red. It's so funny. Zach is is he has he's in he's staying in character, but, but you can Zach's see like, we got to go, we got to go. We he's also kind of like, you can see like he's already like I will break if you can. <laughs> like but, not quite yet. But back to Jesse and Slater. When they're talking, Jesse says, I can't believe that Stansberry would take a meathead like you over a true intellectual like me. And I'm like, there She's we go. still again. being a Jesse, jerk. Yeah. Jesse does not completely redeem herself in this episode. No. Because Slater's not a meathead, in my opinion, at all. I mean, no. yes, he's a football player. He does play he, to that stereotype every so often. He represents a type of student in Saved by the Bell. But Slater's a sharp dude. But he's also, I mean, again, though, like... <laughs> talking about stereotypes like he is actually way more helpful and selfless than zach yes he is a better he guy than zach is always ready to like kind of inconvenience himself for his friends he's a better friend of the in, within the gang yes than so zach like is, yeah. no like he is definitely not a meathead now there are meatheads on the show yeah and he's not one of them definitely at any rate so slater no sa- ma'am slater Jesse. goes you're right this meathead's gonna go tell that rep you know where she can take. Yeah, he's that, taking know. it for the team. He's like, okay, look, if if you're gonna say that, that's fine. I know that we got to get you in there to do this whole thing we've planned. The problem is James waits too late to get out of there with Zach. Right. Jesse gets in. She runs into James physically. And they he's still crash in into each other. And she goes, "James, is that you?" And his response: "Oh, Jesse. Uh, yeah. No, then, Jesse, it's not. Yeah." And they just walks away. He's like, "And I'm out." But Jesse recognizes him. Obviously, she said, "Is that you?" And he says, "No, Jesse, it's no, not." No, Jesse. 
by the time she gets to the Stansberry table, before they can even say anything, Miss Billingham's like, oh, we are going to take Jesse. She's our number one choice. Yeah, I'm sorry for what I said earlier. Harvard has no come idea. a long way for nothing. And then Jesse realizes it. Yeah. Jesse has two realizations. One, she realizes that the whole thing was a sham with the Harvard rep and right. that her friends were behind it. And two, that, wait a minute, you know what? I don't want to go to a school that's that shallow and hypocritical. Right. Yeah. And she leaves and the rest, a couple yeah, of the other Yeah, and she's friends, like, look, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna go somewhere that's that, you know, they, they want me. Right. And also, hopefully she realized what her friends were willing to do just to make her feel better, even though she completely and totally insulted every single one of them. She did. Yes. But friends are there even for their other friends being the worst yes, versions of themselves. it's true, it's true. But we do see that a lot with Saved by the Bell. <laughs> I know, we Lots do. Lots of episodes there where we see a lot of that. But at any rate, the lesson is, the, the lesson remains timeless and important. Right, and and Jesse's uh, reputation and character on the show has, has been and ever shall be the intellect, the smart one. Yeah. Just because she didn't make a good SAT score didn't change that. She was she was the pre-Hermione. Like, yeah. she Jessica really was. Jessica Spano is the find of the century. She is. <laughs> now, we think that all is well, right? Yeah. No, we still got to solve something. We still got Zach's loaded schedule <laughs> with advanced Russian, advanced calculus and all this stuff. That I guess high schools teach. Like, I no. guess high schools teach Russian. <laughs> Zach has another ace up his sleeve. He was going to help Jesse get into Stansberry, but he really helps Jesse inadvertently do something greater, which is really kind of learn an important lesson. Well, yeah, learn her own self-worth. But his job is now to convince Belding. <laughs> He's got to convince Belding to get his life back to normal. And who does he use? James. Because after all, he is still he is still dressed. He still has his pipe. He still has his Ivy League yeah. jacket. So let's put it to good so use. So James switches roles. He is now Stanley Allen Taylor, the head of the SATs. Stanley <laughs> Allen Taylor. So James decides to name himself as if the SATs are called that. Like named after a person. And not scholastic aptitude test. Lord. His jo- uh, James's job is to convince Belling to fix Zach's schedule. Although Stanley Allen Taylor is a different character from the Harvard rep, he's still pompous, condescending, and he chastises Mr. Belding for giving Zach way too much work to challenge him. In fact, he tells Mr. Belding, you should be doing the opposite. Give him no homework. Allow his mind to think freely. Now, James has added something to his ensemble as Stanley Allen Taylor. <laughs> a horribly applied fake beard. Which it, is it's falling off. Which is honestly like its own character yeah. in this show. It's half off like Yeah. You know, like at the beginning of the scene as he talks, you see it coming it's off. It's already it's already unraveling. It's already not good. And he uses that to his yeah. advantage. And yes. Mr. Belding is again, he cares for these students. Yeah. So it's easy to he has a bleeding heart for these kids. He has an especial he has a special affection for Zach, I think, because, and we find out in another episode. Yeah. It was in, in, in one of the previous seasons because Mr. Belding was the Zach Morris of Bayside when he was in high school. Right. So we so find he, that. He feels a, a kinship with him. Yes, he does. You just, you kind of have to know that, you know, when you're watching this episode. He is easily emotionally manipulated by Stanley Allen Taylor. And he says, that is if you care, right? Yeah. Then he's like, yeah, this is what you should do for someone with this high of a score to help them succeed. I mean, that is if you care. And Belding goes, I care. I care. He like slams he his slams, hand on the desk. And then he grabs his overhead 
speaker. Yeah. And he goes, Zach Morris to the principal's office. And right as he's saying that, Zach walks in completely dressed up like this studious. He's wearing a blazer, glasses. Like silver-rimmed glasses. <laughs> and, which, but looking great, by the way. Yeah, like, he, I he might add. Really, yeah, really well put together. But as he walks in, Mr. Belding, as he's saying office, he kind of stops and he looks up. And Mr. Belding has this look on his face like, like Satan himself has walked in. Like, right, he's Zach like, looks oh, it's terrible. happening, it's happened. Yeah, I've done something. Like, oh my God, what have I done? The change has begun. And... For some inexplicable reason, James turns around and pulls the beard half off to let Zach know it's him. He goes, it's me. Like as if we don't have a relationship with this guy. So Mr. Belding is explaining his newly discovered revelation about what right. he's, he's made a mistake. And, but Zach plays it like, no, no, no. I'm enjoying all the extra classes and this, that and the other. And, and all and the Mr. while, though. And Mr. Belding yeah. goes, no, no, no. You know, we need to take everything back to the way it was. And that's when James does this laugh like, ha, 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 we got him. Toward, toward Zach yeah. with his back to Mr. Belly <laughs> and the beard actually falls off and you can tell it's unscripted. But of course he plays it perfectly and just like, oh, like, you know, slaps it back, it back on, on. But it's too late. But Mark Paul, <laughs> but now I'm going to use the names of the actors because they break character. Mark Paul Goslar. And that doesn't happen often in no, this show, it's the actually. O- to, to my knowledge, it's the only time in Saved by the Bell. And if anybody yeah, wants to correct you know, us, you know, shoot us a DM or make a comment on one of our Instagram posts. Anytime you've noticed a character from Saved by the Bell break character, it's the only time I've seen it. Mark Paul Goslar actually busts out laughing. Yeah. And you see Dennis Haskins trying not to laugh. Like, you see him kind of, like, gritting his jaw together. Yeah. And Mark Blankfield is completely still immersed in his character. Right. He's just, I mean, he's just forget kinda, it. Yeah. That's like, the crap. He's so, he's just way, way, way up there. And uh, so he's, you know, he's Guys. rolling with the punches and Mark Paul Gossler and the rest of us are crying. Are completely Yeah, losing. we're like undone. Uh, but that, but and to me, that's what, ma- it's it's like, you know, it's kind of like when you would watch SNL back in the day and you knew Jimmy Fallon would break, but you still watch it because it's going to be funny. Well, it, it was it, that moment it for was a very slight sim- yeah. second. One thing it makes me think about is the cowbell scene from SNL. Guys, oh my gosh. If, in me and Brooke's opinion. Yes, we have discussed this. <clears throat> a perfect example of how an actor with such an incredible craft can respond in a scene where everyone else around them is breaking character. Look at how Christopher Walken never breaks an inch. Like, he doesn't Not break. just in that skit. Anytime he has ever hosted SNL, but he's in, never broken. in the broke. Cowbell yeah. skit, everybody was breaking. Oh, yeah. And he was just standing there waiting for them to finish. Yeah, that's what's great. When they would be laughing, he would just stand there with that with that Christopher Walken look and, that's and just, just wait. It's and that's phenomenal. just a... a Again, a supernatural cra- <laughs> uh, level of craft. Same that he with has. Martin Short. Martin Short yeah, was the same way. It was the same way. And and it, and with Mark Blankfield, you can see he's just still in character while Mark Paul Gosler and Dennis Haskins are trying to keep it together. And it's just hilarious. Yeah. In the end, Zach does get his schedule changed. Mr. Belding, always wanting to be there for his students and be the best he can be. Not only that, gives Zach two days of school off. Oh, my goodness. And Zach walks out and runs into Jesse. And Jesse says, hey, thanks for what you did. Him and, yeah. Now, remember, Zach and Jesse have been best friends since, like, yeah. grade school. Yeah, I think we talked about that. Was it so, the last one? Um, I believe it was. Yeah. So they have a neat moment. It's sweet. Zach gets his life back as a Just, rebel student running the school. Yes. Jesse learns something that, you know what? I don't have to be identified by the school that I go to. I can still be a fantastic student and go to a good school. It doesn't yeah. have to be Stansberry. So, Brooke, I'm going to ask you, do you remember the episode, I'm So Excited? It's called 
Jesse's song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesse wanted to go to Stanford. Right. That was her thing, Stanford University. Why That's suddenly? Right. Yeah. Why suddenly the switch to Stansberry? And this is just kind of an afterthought after we, you know, we're done talking about the episode. Now, real quick, the I'm so excited episode, <laughs> that was the season before. Yeah, right? Jesse's song. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jesse was obsessed with Stanford. But in this episode, it's suddenly Stansberry. What I did was I did a little research about the Stansberry because I was trying to find out if Stansberry was a real school. It's right. actually fictional. Okay. And I found. It sounds enough like Stanford, though. Yeah. And I was reading actually a message board from some Say by the Bell fans, and one had gotten some information and they shared it. So this isn't me. This is somebody on the internet, but this is what they said. Stansberry? People often wonder slash laugh at Jesse's sudden interest in the fictional Stansberry University, which bears a close resemblance to the real Stanford University. It's often misconstrued that the show's producers had to go with Stansberry because they weren't allowed to use the Stanford mm. name. However, if you remember the episode Jesse's song, she actually mentioned Stanford by name as her dream college, not Stansberry. Even more curiously, the SAT episode also features James the waiter posing as the Harvard admissions rep. Right. So what gives? The reason the show could use and mock the Harvard name is that James was playing a fake admissions representative, while the snooty Miss Billingham was actually supposed to be a real rep from Stanford slash Stansberry. Mm. So it's understood that James is simply poking fun at Harvard stereotypes, while Miss Billingham's idiotic behavior would have been insulting and libelous, hence uh, the name for a fake name. So Okay, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Miss Billingham was really obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, and, she was terrible. And, and condescending, and... You can't, and she was a real rep from the university. Yeah, she so was playing a real rep. They didn't yeah. want to say this is how Stanford really is, whereas James was being a caricature. So right. I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, Save by the Bell is not trying to be that show, right. so I can see why they would be like, let's just we don't make get, a fake. We don't want to, yeah, we don't want to get caught in any because kind of I mean, a show like Law and Order, they're going to get heat. That's the the nature of their show. Well, the, but Save by the Bell is an after school special, right? They're going to keep it chill. Yeah. So guys, that's fair. It's fun. All I can take from it is James's fake beard. <laughs> There's some great messages. Bay of course, Doc too. View side. Yeah, Bay Doc View. He, he can't get Bay. bay That's side. my favorite part. That's the part. I can't believe <laughs> we didn't talk about that. It's when you know he's having his iconic speech to Zach about one coming to Bayside High to find specifically the Jesse. Find the century. But every time we watch it, we've watched it a few times now. Every time I watch it, I'm like, he sounds like a robot that is malfunctioning. Yeah. He is looking dead on. No expression changes. He just goes, bay, dock, view, side, and then just yeah. just shout side. Like, okay, that's it. I got you it. You find all those rolled into one. Jessica Spano, the find of the century. It reminds me of like The but Office yes. when Dwight is trying to remember the lines from Pretty Woman and he just keeps just backpedaling yeah. towards Good morning, them. sir. You can't treat. Thank you. Good morning, sir. Yeah. Like, it sounds just uh, like that and it's wonderful. Yeah, bay, dock, view, side. That's, <laughs> we did forget to kind of mention that. You really can't experience it unless you watch the episode so take 20 minutes out of your day try to find that episode there are uh, they do we know are they streaming know. anywhere we, i've had the dvds for years so yeah i'm not sure but, if they're but, streaming um on amazon or like up, that, i mean there might be even be videos of mark blankfield in his best moments as james on say by the bell oh yeah i'm sure yeah so moving on to our 90s relics yes um <laughs> uh, yeah i'm excited about these uh we have already by this point, have posted yes, and have launched, or at least the announcement have launched the announcement. I guess you could yes. say that we are jumping into the pin game. So we're just going to enamel pins. That is, yeah, enamel pins. So we're just going to talk about, it. and this is a labor of love. We're not, we're not trying to hit it big. It no, it's just exciting to put something that we love, like yeah, to practice. I mean, there's I so many great places out there selling great pins, and we just wanted to jump in with the nostalgia and just the the magic of that time being yeah. the '90s. So. We are going to begin with 
Are You Afraid of the Dark? And it's been a lot of fun designing these pens. Yes. And, see, and they've, they've come out just amazing. We are looking here at Gary and Betty Ann. They are the first in a ser- in the Midnight Society yeah, series. from the show Are You Afraid of the Dark from Nickelodeon. And we're selling them for $12, free shipping, or you can get two for 20 And we're not done. No. Uh, we are planning on doing the entire original Midnight Society. So we have them in the tape store with us today. Yes. Gary and Betty Ann joining us in immortalized pen form. And we'll be posting a lot about them uh, in the days and weeks to come yeah. on Instagram. Um, obviously, they'll be in our Etsy shop. So we're we're super excited. We, I mean, a huge, it's just been such a cool thing to have loved this show and been talking about this show. And then we actually get to create something out of that love for the that, show. to our knowledge, hasn't been created as far as right. which is pens depicting the Midnight Society members. Exactly. Zebo. I actually have a Gasly Grinner pen. And yeah, usually mm-hmm. we all talk about the tales because that's really the the heart yeah. of the show. But I don't know. In some ways, for us, the heart of the show is the, the people Society. telling the tales, the and maybe that's right. because we are we we're storytellers and we kind of like to focus on them. So we yeah. So we've already got some some really sweet positive feedback from some of our friends. Yes, and, about these pens, and we're just really excited to share them with you guys. Uh, so if you're an Are You Afraid of the Dark fan, or you know someone who is, forward them to the tape store. And uh, let them check out our pins. And remember, one of the best parts of being a 90s kid, which is Are You Afraid of the Dark? Absolutely. Saturday Night Nickelodeon, one of the best blocks of television, uh, kids' television in history, I believe, which is SNCC. So, all right. Well, guys, we've been at it a lot longer than we thought we'd be. <laughs> For a Bayside episode, yes. Uh, it was loaded. You had James in there. So, oh, it's true. Yeah. He's, uh, a, he's a whole thing. But we're going to wrap this thing up. And if you have been with us this entire time, we always like to say, we may not say it every episode, but I like to try to at least remember to say it every every episode, that we so appreciate everyone who listens, Yes. everyone who takes time from their valuable time to dedicate it to just you know listening to our podcast, listening to a couple of 90s kids talk about how great things were. We really appreciate that, and it means a lot. And we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't think there were people out there exactly. that would get something out of talking about what we call the good old days, which is the 80s and 90s. Exactly. So let's close things down. You can follow us at the Tape Store on Instagram. Yeah, on Instagram, we're just at the Tape Store. Always happy to hear from listeners. You know, if you like our podcast, give us a rating. Let us know that you appreciate what we're doing. We're having having fun. (laughs) We are, and we hope you are too. At any rate, we're going to close the doors. (laughs) We will be back, as I said, next week for more 80s and 90s nostalgia. And of course, sometime in the near future, we will be going back again to Bayside. Oh, yes. But until then... This is Toby. And this is Brooke. Thanks, guys. Bye.